to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan. In this episode, I'm talking with Dr. Haley Perlis, and she is a doctor of sport and exercise psychology from the University of Colorado. We're talking about burnout when you just don't seem to have it anymore, and we're going to spend a lot of time defining it, going through some of the causes, and then Dr. Perlis is going to present some specific solutions to help get you back to form. We're also announcing a special webinar call-in show that you'll be able to participate in, and the details of that are at the end and also at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Dr. Haley Perlis, welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Thank you, John. Happy to be here. As soon as we connected and I had a chance to talk, I thought, my gosh, I think a lot of people are going to be interested in this. It's good stuff. I think really what we're talking about is what people would use as a generic term, burnout. And I'm guessing that from your position, there's some kind of a definition of that. Yes, a lot of people relate burnout to stress. So if they're feeling stressed, they may feel that they're also experiencing burnout. And it's not necessarily the case. Burnout is characterized by not having enough of something, not having enough energy. So you're feeling emotionally and physically and mentally exhausted. So you just sometimes can't get out of bed. Or even if you get on the bike, you still feel like maybe today I just want to walk around the class because you just don't feel energized to, to put forth any, any energy and intensity on the bike. And that, another thing is not enough confidence. So now you're thinking that you're not going to deliver a good class or you haven't been delivering a good class. So you just don't feel enthusiasm from that self-confidence issue or simply a lack of motivation for cycle instructing. So we call this depersonalization. You're now no longer feeling related or associated with the activity, with teaching a cycle class or group fitness or relieving, getting yourself into the gym at all to do your own personal workouts. Although it is associated with stress, it's different. And when we're stressed, we almost feel like we're drowning. We have too much to do and we have too much energy. And that's why we often recommend going and working out when we're stressed. When you're burned out, it's different. You feel like you're all dried up. You have nothing more to give. Does that make sense? It, oh, it completely makes sense. <laughs> Every time I talk to you, I keep thinking, you know, I, she knows me. <laughs> and I'm looking at, there's many different things that can lead to this. From my personal experience, my diet has a lot to do with it. If I don't eat properly, especially in the morning, my energy levels are low. But what we're talking about is not something so easily corrected by a peanut butter sandwich. I guess the question I would ask is, so why do indoor cycling instructors experience burnout? It could be many reasons. One is if you're typically a perfectionist, not necessarily only in the gym, but in general in life. When we're a perfectionist, we want everything to be perfect. We want to have the results right away. We want to have the results all the time. And there are many factors not within our control in an indoor cycle class. I mean, if it's the summer and it's beautiful outside, no matter how good of an, of an instructor you may be, those people just may not want to come inside and, you know, surround themselves by four walls and other people's sweat. They're going to want to be outside. But you may internalize that and therefore experience burnout because now you didn't do a good job. So people who are perfectionists are prone, prone to that type of behavior and attitude. So to repeat, you're trying to produce the results and you're not getting what you expected. Full class, waiting list, certain groupies that come every week, and then you feel that you have no out, you're stuck, you've given it your all, you don't know what else to do, 
you're all dried up, as I said before. Another reason is just developing, and over, over time it does happen, and it's, it starts subconsciously, and then you realize you have this negative attitude and negative behavior towards indoor cycle classes or the gym, and et cetera, and then this then carries on to life. So now you start, you know, and maybe you're not as nice as you could be to other people or not as enthusiastic and energized to your clients, so that relationship is now suffering. Disrespect for club members, management, fellow instructors, so that negativity is now, you know, being circulated around the gym. And like I said, poor relationships. What about not being able to reach those participants? People experience burnout when they're giving a cycle class, and sometimes it's just not a good environment. Sometimes the people who are taking the class aren't in good moods themselves, and that carries on to you, and you take that on your shoulders, and it's a burden. So then that becomes internalized as well, low self-confidence, and then that carries out into feeling down on yourself, and then you become emotionally exhausted, not physically exhausted. It's, it's really hard to decipher, but when we feel stressed, when we feel overwhelmed, a lot of people think that they don't have an, a lot of physical energy, but it's not the case. It's more mental. You're mentally exhausted because you're thinking too much, trying to do too much. And a lot of the times it's trying to do too much that's not yourself, if that makes sense. You're, you're trying to be somebody you're not, and that causes burnout in a cycle room. And then the most important and the one that I will touch on the most today is simply lack of fun. The fun is gone. It's just not... You know, you once thought that becoming a cycle instructor and either it's a part-time job or a full-time job and you'd get in there and, and it would be fun because you like to work out on a bike. Every, you know, everybody's on the bike listening to music and powering through. What's not fun about that? If that fun aspect is gone, everything else is goes. The lack of motivation, the lack of energy, the, the low self-confidence, all that comes down. So simply, you know, losing its enjoyment aspect, losing the fun of a cycle class, that can cause... Um, instru- instructors to experience burnout. You're one of us. I am. <laughs> you've taught, your bio says that you've been an indoor cycle instructor for 10 years and, and you've probably experienced a big room with three people in it and you know all the challenges that we go through. So you, what you speak, you really know, don't you? I have. I've been teaching group fitness and cycle and done a little personal training for about 10, 11 years. I actually started working out in a little boutique and it was this, the number one group fitness health club in Toronto. I'm Canadian, sorry. <laughs> and um, my students always catch me on my stories instead of my sorries. I started out and it was a boutique and there would be 70 people in the group fitness classes and a full 30 people on the bikes for specific instructors. Now these instructors were all presenters and they were all on stage dancers and performers. And then, you know, here I am. I have a dance background, but I'm also a downhill ski racer. I had to work myself up to where they were getting 30 people on a bike. I was getting 10 to 12, unless one of those, and this was the best, and I used to love it, unless one of the cycle instructors last minute couldn't teach, and then I get the call, and then I show up, and everyone thinks they're going to get, you know, the other cycle instructor, and then they look at me. They don't want to be rude, so they stay. That was, I took advantage of those moments. But yes, I've experienced, you know, the room with 30 bikes when you have two, two members, and I've also was able to build my clientele, and and now I'm known for certain things, and people enjoy my classes, and they are full. So, so I've been around the block. I've always enjoyed when I get to do what you describe, jump into somebody who's a very popular instructor, because I actually feel I teach my best classes, typically because the room is full, the energy level is high, and it comes from both directions. But 
the inverse is also true. I recently replaced a very popular instructor and have not been able to replicate her numbers. It's a struggle. It is a struggle, and you have to. And the worst thing, we'll, we'll touch on this a little later, the worst thing a cycle instructor can do when they take on a popular cycle instructor's class or, or just building their own is trying to be someone that they're not. And we'll talk about this a little later. I don't, don't want to touch on it now, but you know, you really have to focus on what you're good at, not necessarily what everybody else is good at. People will come focusing on what you're good, good at and not trying to be somebody else. That will also eliminate burnout. How can we know if we're prone to this? I prepared a couple of specific questions for all your listeners. When you're listening to this, if you're on your cycle, if you're on your bike right now, obviously you don't have a pen and paper, but if you are just sitting and listening at home, grab a piece of paper and just jot down yes or no to these questions. Number one would be, are you becoming increasingly frustrated with instructor responsibilities? So are there any additional responsibilities that you may have? I know I was an instructor at one class and the class is 60 minutes long, so you got paid for 60 minutes, but then they expected you, this is one of the studios where you have to roll out the bikes and clean up and roll them back in. So oh, you know, with 26 bikes, that's you know at least another 15 minutes, but you weren't paid for those 15, 20 minutes. That's an example of an additional cycle instructor responsibility. If something like that is really getting to you, and even though you knew about it in advance and you were prepared to make that sacrifice, but now it's really getting, getting to you, that may be one sign. Or, others, or just other responsibilities. Maybe you have mandatory meetings, paid or non or non-paid, or little uh, club parties. What do they call Membership. Meet and greets. Kind yeah, of like thing. meet and greets. Any any additional responsibilities on top, or maybe the responsibilities that you've placed on yourself. Uh, maybe you're a cycle instructor that likes to switch up your music every day. So that responsibility used to be enjoyable. Now it's no longer. Now it's uh, I got to sit at home and and spend another thirty, and sometimes it takes me three hours to find the music I like. So if that if you feel that those extra responsibilities are dragging on, that could be a sign. Do you have less physical energy than usual? Now, if you're mentally exhausted, that will, you know, flow into your physical. So then you'll see it. It'll be more tangible in your physical body than it is in your psyche. So if you feel that you can't perform what you used to be able to perform on the bike, so if you're doing hill climbs and you're noticing that, you know, this is the point where you're typically getting off the bike because you don't have the physical energy to stay on the bike or during your own workouts, if you're physically experiencing fatigue, are you more easily annoyed by club members, management, and colleagues? So are you just are you just irritable often or even all the time? It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You wake up, you, you, you pack your bag, you get in the car, you go to the gym, and as you're walking, you just know that someone's going to take you off. Where am I? Number four, are you experiencing thoughts about whether or not this is really the profession for you? So are you thinking about quitting? In extreme situations, burnout will lead to dropout. In athletics, there is many athletes that experience burnout. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll quit. Sometimes they can't quit. And as a cycle instructor, maybe you can't quit. Maybe this is income that you need or a great way to get a free membership at a gym. When you're thinking about, you know, is this really something that you want to do? And if this is your full-time job, being a fitness professional, if you're questioning your, your abilities, if questioning your motivation, questioning if you can do this for years to come, that may be a sign that you, that you need to stop and assess your burnout experiences. Are you experiencing less positive psychic energy and more negative psychic energy? So we, like I said before, just a lot of negativity is coming your way. 
and it transfers into other life endeavors. So it transfers into your personal life. It transfers into your other, other jobs if you, if you have them. It transfers through your cycle class. So now you're, you can almost read your negativity off your members. They're not working hard. They're not clapping at the end of class. They're not coming up to you and asking you questions and asking for advice and just saying, hey, great class, and then before they leave. And then lastly, do you feel increasing pressure to deliver a powerful cycle class? And this kind of goes with the perfectionist personality. Do you feel pressure to do better, to do more? You don't feel like you're doing enough. You don't feel like you're doing a good job. And you may be. You may still. Some people, believe it or not, experience burnout even though they do have a full class every day and waiting lists and lineups out the door and sometimes having to give up their own bike so someone can, can use it, have that, you know, that extra bike there for an instructor, yet they still feel burned out because internally they still don't feel like they're doing a good enough job. They still feel that their playlist it wasn't quite right or they, you know, they could have pushed their participants a little bit more or they pushed their participants too much when one person left you know, or two people left still feeling that you have to give more, even though you may not be able to. Maybe you are doing the best that you can. Are those, I, I know I kind of uh, went on a little longer than I maybe should have on those, but they are important questions. No, they're phenomenal. All right, so then the next step, we've identified a problem. For somebody who's answering yes to some of these questions that you just went through, you know, maybe they are experiencing some burnout or heading in that direction. What's the solution side of what we're talking about? Yeah, and that's probably the, you know, you identify solution and, and anybody who's willing to make a change should really stay tuned to these next couple of points. The first step is always becoming aware of it. Now, burnout does not happen overnight. You do not suddenly wake up being negative, feeling that you suck, you know, that your self-confidence is low, that you're not motivated. This happens. It's a progressive experience. One day you may wake up and you're not really in the mood, but you still go. And then if that happens once, it's not really a sign. But if you become aware of the fact, you know what, three times a week, I used to love teaching my 6 a.m. classes or, you know, 4.30, that was my prime. If you've noticed by reflection, you need to reflect on your past. If you notice that, you know what, I'm not as happy as on the, on the bike. I'm finding it hard to get to class. I'm noticing that not as many people are coming up to me after class. The same people that used to come up and ask me questions and shake my hand and ask me about my playlist and just tell me how great of a class is, those same people are not doing it. So maybe that's something that I need to look at. Maybe I'm sending out negative energy, putting up a wall so that they don't feel comfortable communicating with me. So you really want to become aware of this. And the best way to do that is, well, the best way to do that is to grab a pen and paper and start journaling. If this is something that's of serious interest to you, the best thing to do is to journal. If you come to my teleseminar, I can get your email addresses through that, and then I can actually send everybody specific log entry questions. Because it's one thing to... I've seen exercise logs and you write out how many sets and weights and everything and then there's just this big space that says comment. Well, (laughs) what am I going to comment on? So what I like to do is actually ask specific questions and I'm actually in the middle of creating my own, I call it an achievement journal. The comment section is multiple choice questions, so you know, uh, yes, no, somewhere in the middle, or specific questions that you can write short answers to instead of just here, blank space and write your comments. So you really want to reflect on your performance and on your behaviors. 
after you've decided, after you've, you know, looked, looked on your past and you're like, you know what, this could be a potential problem if it isn't already a problem, start taking action. The worst thing you can do is become aware and then ignore it because it's just going to get worse and in extreme circumstances, you will drop out. You will quit no matter how much you may need the class, no matter how much you may have previously enjoyed it, you will drop out because you just won't be able to take it anymore. Or nobody will show up. Or you will, yeah, you will, yeah, and it'll be like forced retirement, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, very true. Great point, John. So after we've decided that, it, that this is an occurrence and that we need to do something, question one, why did you become an instructor in the first place? What is, your, what is the meaning and, and what is your role? Why did you choose to, to, uh, you know, to grasp onto this profession instead of another? Are you just teaching cycle classes versus group fitness? Why did you choose cycle? Why did you choose the fitness industry at all? Go back to the very beginning. Go back to the basics because a lot of it will start from, you know what? It looked like something fun. It looked like a great way to make some income and it was going to be fun and I could get my own workout and I, I, you know, I really know how to push myself. Why not go in there and help other people? So maybe it was completely altruistic. Go back and actually redefine your role, rediscover the, the meaning behind being an instructor. In addition to that, what are, you getting, what are you getting out of it? I mean, right now you're probably not getting a lot out of it because you're exhausted and you're not feeling like you're good at it and you're not motivated. But go back to the beginning, what would you get out of it? Even if you did, even if you were just starting out and it was just five people in a class, it was difficult for me at first because I was, you know, the new instructor at a very, very popular gym where there would be waiting lists and lineups at the door. And what am I going to do when I get two people in a class? Well, it's not going to work if I treat it like a group fitness class. There isn't that environment. There isn't that enthusiasm in the group. So what am I going to get out of this? Well, I'm going to perfect my personal training skills and treat this as a personal training session with two fitness enthusiasts. You know, that's a great point. Oh, yeah. Take a look at it from a positive perspective versus a uh, crap, nobody showed up again. <laughs> exactly. So it's what, what are you going to get out of it? This is all about you. In many situations, and not, necessarily, not only in burnout and everything, uh, we tend to want to look for excuses, external factors that may be contributing to our emotions. And that may be true. I mean, it may be summer and, and fewer people are showing up. And, and that's a valid, not excuse, that's a valid explanation for having a low class. But just stopping there isn't going to do you any good. You have to figure out how to act on it so that you come out on top feeling good about yourself. So it's really in any environment, in a full class, in an empty class, in a class where you may not be feeling so good, you really have to ask yourself, what am I going to get out of this today? What positive thing am I going to get out of this today? Another, another thing you can do is uh, reassess your goals and make sure that they're realistic. Listen, if you have a full-time job and you teach two cycle classes a week, it's just not feasible for you to sit down and work on a playlist for three hours every class. You know, maybe every week you're going to change your playlist, but not, but not every class. You know, reassess your goals. Don't expect too much. If you don't have time to go and participate in other people's cycle classes, so all you know is your own, don't expect to be able to do what others are doing because you don't know what they're doing. You have to reassess your goals and make sure that they're realistic. Yes, you want to make your goals challenging. So if you're doing everything to what you can already do, if you're setting your goals to what you can already achieve, that's boring. And that also can potentially lead to burnout. You want to set your goals just slightly above your current ability. So if, you're, you know, if your average is 15 out of 25 people in a class, 
maybe a, a good challenge, a good goal to set would be let's have you know 18 people for a solid two weeks instead of having a full class. Do you see what I'm saying, John? So instead of going from 15 people to 30, that's too extreme of a goal. That's asking too much. And that will surely decrease your self-confidence. Especially when there's all those, when, when there are all those outside influences that can just m- make that goal unrealistic. Exactly. Summertime, or maybe the membership levels down, or it's a vacation week, or you know, all those different things. Exactly. You really want to control the controllables. You can state what's not within your control. You can say it. It'll make you feel better. You know that it is summer. But then forget about it. You can't do anything about it. Do what you can control. And what you can control is transfer your class or a group fitness class when there's two people in the room to a personal training session. There is a difference. You know, you can really get in. You can get your hands dirty with two people. When you have a room of 30, it's a little bit difficult. It's kind of like, you know, if you speak to everyone, congratulations, but it's kind of even that communication is really surface. So when think about what you can do when, when there, if there would be just two people in a class. I actually love it now because I get in there and, and it's more of a collaborative effort. Yes, I'm an instructor pushing them and telling them what to do, but they're there, you know, pushing me as well. And it's and they actually take you create the opportunity for them to learn so much more about spinning, you know, about cadence, about tension, about not always good to fr- to flywheel, you know. Exactly, we get in there and work with their form. Yeah, and I've done that in the past where you just decide, well, okay, the three of us, we're just going to ride together and we just all sit next to each other and just make it fun. Yeah, no, that's a wonderful idea. I've got a couple more things here because we're already on it, you know, and along with the transferring the group fitness to personal training, you really want to actually plan ahead and create a, what I call a what if plan. What if, you know, one person shows up? I, I actually never cancel a class. And cycle it's easier. If it's a group fitness class, it's really hard to conduct a group fitness class in that big room with one person. But what I would do is say, you know, why don't we just go and walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes? Or if the cycle room's empty, get in a cycle room and conduct a class. Just give them something. Me and I have to do the whole hour. But I never cancel a class because everyone cancels a class, and I want to stand out. I'm already there for the hour. I'm already getting paid. If I can give, you know, 30 minutes of special one-on-one intention, why not do it? But that was my what-if plan. I know that going in. I know if one person's going to show up, I'm going to be staying there for at least 30 minutes. But you've got to prepare for these things. What if the class is just dead today? You know, it's a full class or hassle, but what if they're just dead in energy? Plan ahead for that instead of having to react. You know, make sure that you, that you plan ahead. So what-if plan. That also will limit your susceptibility to, to stress. When you're prepared, you feel like you're capable because you're prepared. So that stress is diminished. And then lastly, um, well, two more things actually. Another thing that you can do to eliminate or prevent burnout is go out there and get connected to new classes. What I mean there is, is conferences and continuing education. Go to whatever, you know, I know a lot of gyms host their own continuing education programs. I'm starting to host these teleseminars where people can call in and I can give them some new information and some new ideas to incorporate conferences all around the world that you can go. I mean, I'm presenting at Cancer Pro and URSA and WSSC, so I'm all around giving new insights to the mental preparation. Getting involved in continuing education not not only gives you more motivation to implement new techniques, but then you're around other instructors who may be feeling the exact same way you are. So then you're not, no longer alone. And you can share your experiences with others. And together, with group collaboration, you can actually problem solve. 
getting out there and, and getting with people and learning new, new experiences is a great way. And lastly, you've got to bring back the fun. And the way to bring back the fun is to do this. And if I have any take-home message, this is it. Grab a pen and paper and write out everything that you're good at in a cycle class. I am not an entertainer. I can say it, <laughs> and I believe it, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> and that's one thing that I saw. My best friends, the presenters at all, these, at all the clubs, the ones that get a waiting list and 70 people in a group fitness room and full bikes every single time, one in particular, he is an entertainer, true and true. And he can play the cheesiest music where no one else will get away with it. He does. And he's just an entertainer, you know, through and through. If I tried to do what he did, I would be very fake. People would read that and no one would want to come to my class. So instead, I sit down and I ask myself, what am I good at? And I can tell you, I have good, I like my music and other people tell me that they enjoy my music. So I have good musicality. Um, I'm also an athlete and a coach. So I can bring in that you know, athletic mentality, that powering through, that making this a challenge, bringing in a healthy and friendly competitive atmosphere. And people enjoy that because I know how to do that. And also being a sport and exercise psychology consultant, I can bring in my little mental toughness techniques and my, you know, bringing in my mental toolbox. And I call those my purple elephant. There's a book written out there by Seth Godin. It's called The Purple Elephant. And it basically asks you, what makes you stand out? What's your purple elephant? And when you go and you, and you reflect on it and you make a list of all your personal affirmations, everything that you're good at, and then you circle the top three, the, thing, the three things that, that make you stand out, that's fun. Because then you get to focus on those three factors, implement that in your cycle class, and that's fun, not only for you, but for everyone else, because they feed on your, you know, that, that positive energy. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, so it's really about, you know, John, your, I, your background is outdoor, outdoor cycling, right? You're bringing the outdoors indoors. Correct, and I've forgotten that, and that was really my appeal for a number of years. And, yeah, you, you get caught in the, oh, maybe I need to be more entertaining. or And I'm also guilty of thinking that I need a brand-new playlist every week. And yet I think back to when my, uh, my wife's taught much longer than I have. And back in the 90s, we didn't have iPods and all this. And so she's making cassette tapes that she can play for a whole month. And you got to really stop and think, now, do people really remember your entire playlist from a week ago or two weeks ago? They don't. I was going to say, the other thing that we, can't, we have to add to your list about learning and understanding is make certain to listen to a particular podcast about indoor cycle instructing. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. No, how could I forget that? No, it's true. But, you know, you have over a thousand people downloading your podcast. So I'm hoping that they're spreading the word and that they're taking advantage of all. I mean, I just listened to uh, Fraser. Yeah, Fraser Quelch. Yeah, Fraser Quelch and Jennifer Sage. I've also, and Johnny G, obviously. I mean, I'm I'm downloading your iPods every other week. And and, um, even though I'm not cycling, it's it's, it's considered a hobby now. Listen, that learning aspect is, is huge. Just like gaining a little bit more energy and insight and, and you know, discovering new things that you can incorporate while staying within your purple elephant. Changing it, tweaking it so it fits your style. Because you can't be fake. If you're fake, everyone, everyone knows it. So you really have to figure out what you're good at. And it, and it does take, you know, going out and listening to other people and, and you know, and then it'll, a light bulb will go off in your head and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, that, that's something that I would enjoy doing and, I, and I'm going to be good at that. Like, that's something I'm good at. 
that makes it fun. That's what I call my search for a spark of inspiration. <laughs> and that's what got you started in all these podcasts. And I've been inspired weekly now. It's been a lot of fun. All right, so now let's transition to what I think a lot of people are going to be excited about is a chance to actually talk with you. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what your plans are for your teleseminar. And, and I want to add that this is a unique seminar that you're going to be doing essentially just for the listeners of the Indoor Cycle Instructor podcast. Exactly. When you when you told me how many people, the numbers you have downloaded these podcasts, I thought, what a great idea to get everyone together, as you do. But what I can provide now is uh, essentially a phone conversation. So you'll sign up. And you'll you'll go to my website, www.drhaleyperlis.com. Let me spell that out because Haley is always different. It's Dr. H-A-L-E-Y, P for Peter, E-R-L-U-S for Sam, dot com, forward slash cycle. And when you get to that page, you'll be able to register. Now, here's my bonus. The first 25 people who come and register to the phone call to the teleseminar will get in for free. I typically charge $97 to attend my teleseminars. My one-on-one consulting fee is 150 an hour, so I bring it down to 97 for phone calls, but the first 25 people who register for my call will get in for free. Everybody else after that can get in for just 9 bucks. I'm doing this because I, I know this is new to the fitness environment, and I want everybody to gain the benefits. So not only will you be able to join this teleseminar and ask me questions live and I will be able to respond, you could also email me directly and ask me questions. So in case you for some reason can't make the call but want to get your question answered or you may be shy and you don't want to speak you know, on the phone, just email me your questions. You will find out my email once you register. I will answer your questions live on the teleseminar. And if you can't get onto the teleseminar, and I'll tell you when it is in a second, if that time doesn't suit you, you'll have 24 hours to listen to the teleseminar online. And you'll get those instructions after you register. So you can go on and you have 24 hours to listen to the teleseminar in case you can't make the specific time. So pretty much you have nothing to lose and you can have all your questions answered. And it doesn't only, it is geared towards indoor cycle instructors because I really want to award John for putting this podcast together, and I think it's an excellent way to get everyone together networking. But in addition to cycle and spinning, you can also ask me questions on other group fitness classes, teach step classes or muscle, body sculpts, whatever it may be, or even if you're a personal trainer and you have specific questions, because the answers can be transferable to all areas of the fitness profession. The teleseminar is going to be held Sunday, November 23rd. A poll. I uh, pulled all my exercise gurus together, and everyone decided that the most people I could get to come onto this teleseminar would be on a Sunday evening. So, because everyone's busy during the week, full-time, part-time professionals, so we're going to try this out. Sunday, November 23rd, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Pacific. 8 p.m. Sunday, November 23rd. DrHaleyProlist.com forward slash cycle and you'll get all the information and I'll be sending you emails after you register so you'll have all the details and confirmation and it'll, it'll be a great time and I'm really looking forward to, to hearing about everyone's questions and answers and I already have my own list from when I presented at the health conferences and the questions are never ending when it comes to mental toughness because this is new. It's not something that you can get in your certifications. It's not there to the extent that I can bring it. So I'm really looking forward to it. 
And I want to thank you, John, for having me on this podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. I, I have a couple quick questions. Sure. First, I have listeners all over the world. Do you have any language skills beyond English? <laughs> I dropped French in grade nine. <laughs> very unfortunate. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's an easy question. And then my other question is, this is podcast will be posting probably in the first week of November, and I'm sometimes forgetful when I schedule things out into the future. Are you going to be sending out some kind of a reminder email, say the Saturday beforehand, just to remind everybody? Oh, absolutely. Once they register, they'll be getting, I'm not going to bombard them with emails, but they will get a confirmation email, they'll get the call information details. I'll send them an email asking them if they have any questions that they want to ask me, and then I will send out reminders, you know, three, four days before and then one, and then one day before. And then there are those that haven't participated in a teleseminar. You're going to have an 800 number for them to call, so the phone call yeah. isn't going to cost anything. No, there won't be any cost to them. And then and if they can't make the call, they'll have 24 hours to listen to it online. Haley, I think you've been very valuable uh, to uh, my listeners and... Thank you. No, thank you. Any opportunity for me to get this information out makes me ecstatic. <laughs> so I, I thank you. I will be posting all of the relevant information about the webinar with Dr. Haley Perlis at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, I'd love to hear from you. John at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. And I'm going to look forward to hearing you and your questions on the webinar. Until next time, thanks for listening.